everyone and welcome back to That's Lame, the equestrian podcast for horse girls from horse girls. Welcome back everyone. Hello everybody, welcome back to the podcast. So it's been a rough few weeks for us and we're both really feeling it to the extent that we're actually lying in bed whilst <laughs> recording this, which is a new all-time low for us. So, And also apologies for not posting an episode last week, but we were just so busy. It was one of the most stressful weeks to the point where I was actually genuinely like, <laughs> what <laughs> are we doing? This is too much. I think just like the weather situation of like the constant rain meant we literally had to have like every single horse in which means there's just way too much for the workforce to do the The four of us my my family and evie <laughs> there's too much for us to do like twenty-five thousand horses. <laughs> literally and as well as that we had three very intense days of competition which i don't think either of us were thriving <laughs> during <laughs> like okay so we're starting off this episode with a regionals recap about the competitions that we've just been at. So my regional experience was a bit of a roller coaster. It was three days starting from Sunday through until Tuesday and Sunday was a bit of a rocky start but I'll come back to that later on in the episode but essentially I was just really really ill a few hours before my test and I was actually really close to withdrawing. I didn't and I was really glad I didn't because we ended up coming second and that was in the advanced medium silver with Terry and he was just a real gentleman really like he looked after me um around the whole test so I was really pleased that actually I sort of persevered and and went anyway so that was good Monday was the PSG that was all a bit of a disaster we were on I think quarter past nine in the morning so we were like second in and it was literal gale force winds wasn't it it was oh my god it was like I actually listened back to one of our first episodes of season three and you said, we were like, oh, the weather's being like quite nice and calm. And you were like, I predict the weather is going to be really bad for the week of the regionals. And you nailed it on the head. It, it was, was terrible. Like plant, all the plant pots were falling over during the tests. Yeah, so like the flowers they put around the edge of the arena to make it all nice and pretty and decorative. <laughs> sound like there's like shrubs no She's they're flowers in the garden yeah. center <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they were all like blowing over the static of like the commentator speaker was going like off the chart like it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was like and not in a good way mine's been like a shipping forecast <laughs> yeah it was in. terrible <laughs> danger to life it was so bad that i was actually the first person to complete a test in the day the person before me in my class got eliminated because our horse just couldn't cope with it and I think two people in the arena next to me because there was also another class going on right next door they were both eliminated like the horses were freaking out and it was such a shame because I felt so much better on the Monday and I was riding so much better and Terry warmed up really really well and felt amazing and I was really pleased that he went into the arena anyway and actually got through the test based on how some of the other horses were acting well yeah it's, it's good to complete yeah <laughs> you know 
I was really pleased with that. But in hindsight, I actually think he was internalizing all the stress from yeah. his surroundings because when he came out of the test, he was really wired. Like he didn't want to have his tack checked because basically after a test, you have to have a tack checked to make sure everything's correct. He didn't want to do that. He was really like stressed in the lorry. So I think even though he went into the ring and persevered, I think actually he was holding his breath the entire way around. And because we're so new to PSG, we then just had three massive mistakes. And unfortunately, the mistakes we had were in like the most expensive movement. It was like a double coefficient movement, which basically means that it's marked out of 20 rather than 10. So that was a real shame. But actually, when I got my test sheets through, that was really nice because in all the work where we didn't have any mistakes... We got like straight seven, 7.5s, but for our mistakes, understandably, we got like a three and they were just, it was such a costly mistake to make. But the comments were nice as well. So that made me feel a little bit better because I just sort of think we're so green to the level and, you know, give it a few more weeks, we'll get stronger and more established in the work. And if we're ever in that like situation again, where things are sort of kicking off or like the atmosphere isn't great, we probably still will be able to get through the test because we'll just be stronger in the work. And then the last day... She won! She won on the last day! (laughs) Finally, some good news. It all came together on the last day. I was well, Terry was well, and we went in there and we did the advanced medium music class, and it was in the indoor, and Terry was very nervous to be in the indoor because he'd never been in there before, and it was quite... It's quite big, isn't it? It's quite grand, and there's a huge, like... There's a huge like viewing gallery, isn't there, where everyone sits and watches with their yeah. cup of coffee. It's quite a lot. I was really pleased with that. And we got, I think, 71% or something and we won the class. So that was really nice to like finish on a good note because it was a bit bumpy to rumpy. <laughs> it was a rump it was a <laughs> it was a bumpy road it was to a, get there. It was a rumpy road. <laughs> but it was worth the journey. <laughs> My regionals with Simba was disappointing, to be (laughs) fair. The first day, for some reason, my test was inside and it was like Bambi on ice. Well, this was on the Monday, wasn't it, when it was Gale Force wins? So we were sort of like, oh, it might be better being indoor. It wasn't better being indoor. No. Not for Simba anyway. You know when horses are just absolutely terrified (laughs) and they're just like, I don't know what to do with myself right now because I'm so frightened. That was the vibes that I was getting from him. Bless him. He did do the test and I did go through it. The entire way through it, I was going, just do one more movement and then retire. Just do one more movement and then retire. But the more I was doing, the better he was getting in his confidence not in the work <laughs> the work was um, <laughs> you know like to the point where like you know we'd do a circle and we'd stop halfway around the circle so that he could stare at something and then we'd carry on trotting again and then you know we'd go to do a transition and and he'd just do it like 10 meters early because he was like can, can I stop now and uh yeah it was it was pretty bad um can you retire at the end of a test like can you do the final halt and then put your hand no up? you have to retire before the final halt so can you trot down the center line and then put your hand up yes Though that is kind of bad form. Is it? Why? Yeah, because it's like, you kind of just like wasted the judge's time. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But yeah, Yeah, the the whole time I was going like, oh, should I retire? Should I retire? Because I knew the score was going to be dreadful. So I just used it as like a schooling round, which is not what you should be doing at the regional finals. (laughs) We both had a bad day that day. It was not a good day in the office. I was just like, do you know, you know, like chuck it in the effort bucket. And actually, as I... Like the last movement was like a turn and then another turn onto the centre line. So as I turned, I was looking directly at the exit where (laughs) my mum was standing and I like stared at her because I was thinking if she was like, you know, mimicking like, you know, cutthroat, like stop now, then I would have 
retired, but she wasn't. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do, the, I'm going to do, I'm going to do another turn, and then I'm going to finish the task. And um, yeah, it just was what it was, you know. Couldn't really change it. It was just a oh well situation. And then went back the next day. We did the advanced medium gold, which is what we did last year at the national championships, and. The test that I did was pretty good. I had two big mistakes, but because Simba is such an amazing quality horse, the rest of his work can kind of like lift him up if he does a mistake type thing. But for some reason, the judges were just blind. (laughs) (laughs) No, the the judges just did not like it. And it's really, really upset me, which I know is so stupid to say, but it really has because it's been like over 24 hours now since it happened. And I cannot wrap my brain around. I, I cannot wrap my brain around it. And that's not me being like stupid and being like, oh, I think I'm the best. I don't. I, I definitely shouldn't have won. But I just don't think that the work that he did reflected the marks that he was given. But it is what it is. And but yeah, it so, ain't over until the fat lady sings. No, and I'm, so, I'm going to start singing sung. soon. <laughs> you've sung. I've sung. So, so it's done. Going all the way back to Evie's first day at the regionals, we are going to go into that and discuss it. So female health is something that we've not spoken about in the past But it is something that is quite relevant to us and we wanted to discuss it in this podcast because it has affected the last week for Evie and with it being Female Health February we thought now is the right time to discuss it. I think as well because the British Equestrian Federation as well has for the first time done a lot of coverage on this topic on their Instagram page which I found quite interesting this year. Yeah it's I mean it's such a silly thing because female health and periods and everything like that is something that happens all the time to all women but we just like never discuss it and even us ourselves like on this podcast we never discuss it it's just it's one of those things that it's been so ingrained in us like sweep it under the carpet and like don't talk about it and keep it covered keep it to yourself yeah I think it's quite a taboo topic and I think it's like when you go to the shop and you buy some like pads or like tampons it's like you hide them in the basket oh my god you do because you're like a bit embarrassed I do think it stems from and not to generalize but men being uncomfortable by it people don't feel comfortable to just be like oh I'm on my period it's always men isn't it It (laughs) (laughs) but no so going back as I said the first day of my regionals it was such a rocky start because I was really ill and what I mean by really ill is that on the early hours of Sunday morning so I think about three o'clock in the morning I started my period and I as of last year, was given like a provisional diagnosis of endometriosis, which is basically this gynecological condition where the inner lining of your uterus can basically grow in other places on your body. But one of like the main symptoms for it is really painful periods. And I don't just mean like a light cramping or like a dull sensation pain. I mean, fully, fully debilitating. And surprisingly, the condition itself isn't actually that rare about one in 10 women have endometriosis. And also it takes on average about 10 years to diagnose 
because doctors are just not very good at recognizing it. Anyway, I started my period at like three o'clock in the morning. I sort of was a bit in denial about it because I was like, as if this is happening on the day of the regionals. Yeah, I think because you know what is going to happen. And I mean, I personally myself, I don't suffer with anything like you do, but I've, you know, lived not lived with you, but I've known you for so many years now that I know how disruptive and horrible it is for you. So as someone on the sidelines who's, you know, part of your life, but isn't experiencing it myself, it's very hard to deal with, like on your behalf. Yeah. And I think as well, when you just tell people about it, unless they do know you and actually sort of coexist with you they don't actually fully understand the extent of it no and I even have that with doctors you know they're sort of like oh okay and it's not until I'm like well you know a couple years ago I due to the pain I fainted and dislocated my jaw and they're like oh and I'm like yeah I'm not in here for light pain this is like debilitating I can't do anything so I was in denial about it to start with because I thought this is not happening I cannot cope with this right now I went onto the yard anyway and I had a very early start so we started on the yard at like six o'clock and I didn't take any painkillers yet because I just thought I wanted to time it so that I took my painkillers in a time where it would kick in as I was doing my test I didn't want to take some and then be in that weird sort of limbo stage so I get to the yard I like feed round hay round I start doing some jobs and I start getting Terry ready and it just gets incrementally worse. I end up literally doubled over, bawling my eyes out. I run to the house, go to the loo, take one of my naproxen, go back down. But obviously it takes a while to like kick in and I'm just literally doubled over in tears. I know. I walked past the stable (laughs) and, you know, I think if you if you didn't know Evie, you probably wouldn't notice. But like I could see it written on her face, like how much pain she was in. And I was like, are you okay?" And you were just like, I'm in such agony and I was like do you want to go and have a lie down and I'll like finish getting Terry ready and you were like no if, if, if I stop I won't get going again and, and also I was I... like oh I don't know what to do do I offer you like whiskey or something like to try and help get the pain away and I thought no then you'd be sick also it's like six o'clock in the morning can't be doing that <laughs> the thing is as well I had to leave in like 15 minutes I mean this is why when I was platting Terry I mean I platted him the night before but some of them had just come out so I was just like sort of tidying them up I was honestly so close to withdrawing because I just thought if these painkillers don't kick in I don't know what I'm going to do And I don't know if I can go all the way to Wellington and, you know, say to Samantha, my trainer, and my dad, no, I can't do it and have to come home. But then I was sort of like, no, I'm not missing it. Like, I've worked so hard for this moment so I bit the bullet I loaded them up I got in the lorry I packed a hot water bottle anyway and thankfully on the way there the painkillers did kick in but it just meant that like I just could not ride I mean I find that when I'm on my period and I'm not alone with this I cannot sit I cannot sit on a horse properly well I mean you can't engage your core because that's exactly it you know your your core muscles are incredibly close to everything that's like inflamed and angry and like you know like stabbing you internally exactly it because obviously because I have this condition mine's exceptionally bad the inflammation so I especially can't use my core but then in saying that even if you don't have very severe periods or severe period pain I still know lots of girls that struggle to ride because it is that area that you have to engage that coupled with the fact as well that with my medication I'm completely spaced out you probably shouldn't be operating a horse in that kind of situation (laughs) 
But this is like the topic that we want to talk about because it's so ridiculous that, you know, like Evie has to go through this and still try and compete and perform her absolute best. And as well as that, look from, you know, from an onlooker looking in, they wouldn't know that anything was wrong. That's something I struggle with as well because I think I'm quite good at hiding my pain. I mean, I literally, I did my final hole, saluted, and I could have literally just burst into tears. And obviously I had like a smooth round and like the test was fine. It was nothing to do with that, nothing to do with Terry. It was more just the relief of, oh my God, I've got through it. But also that outburst of like, I can actually be in pain now. Yeah. And I I literally could have just like fallen off him in that moment. Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, he was so good. He looked after me so, so well because... I don't know what I would have done if he wasn't like that, to be honest. But it's so hard because it's like, what are you meant to do in that situation? Like you said, at the regionals, you'd worked so hard for it. You know, practically since last summer, this has been our aim. Not like an everyday conscious thought, but it's what we've been working towards. So then you get there on the day and your body is not operating correctly. And it's like, what are you meant to do? You know, as as a, you know, quote unquote athlete, how are you meant to perform at your best when you are going through something like that I know and now this has happened actually I think I am gonna have to go back on like hormone medication whether that's the pill or the mini pill or something like that which is something I didn't really want to do just for my own sort of personal reasons but I think I'm gonna have to because I cannot have that happen again no because it's it's not fair it's like your life's work I mean it's not like your life's work but it is it's It's your career you know it's it's like you need to do well at these shows and I still did well and I was still really pleased with Terry and it was just one of those situations so I'm not too frustrated about it but then in the same breath when you come second and it's like 0.4 percent yeah that's like well actually if I was on form I would have got that 0.4 percent yeah so you're talking between a second to a first yeah so in that sense it's like oh so annoying that that happened because as well a lot of the judges comments was lovely test just needed to be a bit bolder or it was like just needed a bit more power today you can't give any more power no I mean and obviously the judges were so right I mean their comments were so fair and so valid and I totally agreed with it but it's almost like oh it very much was that yeah obviously Terry was amazing he looked after me so well but he's not going to go in there and give 100% power if I'm not creating it no, and it's not like you can't tell the judges before you go in and be like, oh, by the <laughs> yeah. way, I've got this condition and it makes me feel really, really bad. And it's currently like really flared up. So like, just bear that in mind, guys. You can't do that. But like talking like broader, equestrian sport is one of the only sports where men and women compete against each other. But obviously men will never suffer from this particular ailment that happens to women every single month. Oh my God, they've got no idea as well. No, and I'm sometimes I'm like, gosh, I want... I wonder how much easier that is for them, aside from the fact that we have to wear bloody white jumpers. <laughs> well, that's changed now, to be fair. That that has changed, yes. As of January 1st, you can wear dark coloured jumpers when you compete, but it's still frowned upon, yeah. I might add. But it makes you think that, like, you know, being women in really any sport, you're always at a disadvantage. Yeah, and I find it especially interesting as well that, I mean, it's good that BEF are talking about it this year but prior to that there's been no conversation about it which is interesting considering it's a female dominated sport and it's sort of like you'd think then that that would be an environment that would foster that sort of conversation but it still isn't yeah it's still not really like spoken about and I know there's another whole massive conversation which is all about like the menopause which obviously Evie and I can't comment on because we <laughs> we're not there yet a <laughs> couple more seasons <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, it, it's a very interesting topic. And I just feel like, you know, we want to kind of like break the taboo about talking about it and everything. I think as well, what people misunderstand is they're like, oh, but yeah, it's once a month. But still, at least that's only once a month. And it's like, well, no, because you're only on your period for one week out of the month. But that doesn't mean that you don't have symptoms prior to that. Like, even if you don't have conditions such as myself, people always say, oh, I'm really bloated this week or I'm just eating loads. Oh, it's because I'm due on though. So like regardless of whether you have like a health condition relating to that, it still affects you. Yeah, there's like one week of the month where you will be at your peak. One month. (laughs) Ovulation for us. Sorry, one week of the month where you're at your peak. And if you're lucky enough that your major competition or your show lands over that date, then happy days. The rest of the time, then you've got to deal with what you've got because it's like you can't change the competition and also you can't change your body. I know because lots of people say to me, oh, well, at least you're only really bad on one day because that's the thing with me. I'm fortunate in a way. Yeah, but why should you be bad for 12 days of the year? Like, it's not fair. But I think other people with my condition have it a lot worse. So... I am fortunate in that, say, I mentioned that on the Monday and the Tuesday of the regionals, I was really well because I'm only bad on that first day of my period, like crippling, bedridden, debilitating pain. But I think as well, people often say, oh, you know, you're only bad on your period. It's only like when you're on. And it's not, actually. I get so many other symptoms like nausea, fatigue, you know, things like that all throughout the month. Yeah that's related to it so there's also that to contend with as well that I know I've spoken to so many girls actually which is really nice because there is that like collective sense that you're not alone but I've, I have spoken to a lot of dressage riders in particular who have missed massive shows due to being on their period and are now on the pill to control that and I mean we did a and a on our Instagram page today and quite a few of you have said that on the build up to your period you don't ride because you know that your tolerance levels won't be as high and it's sort of like gosh when you then compare that for instance to a male dressage rider it's like what so you're losing a week of ridden training well, yeah. every single month I mean I'm not saying it's bad that you're doing that I think it's very good that you're sort of pinpointing your behaviour and changing that yeah. accordingly but it's still that conversation of like that's so annoying that's so unfair that we have to do that and like your emotions change so much throughout the cycle that you have to deal with that even though like some days you're like you're so frustrated at absolutely everything or you just want to cry your eyes out for absolutely no reason but it's like you've still got a job to do your body still has a job to do which is you know to to get on these horses and ride and perform at your best all while dealing with like an internal like struggle it's just so many added elements that go into it that I think every woman deals with in secret yeah and also it's that in addition to just general life things you know getting the flu something bad happening in life that puts you in a bad mood it's like all those added things plus this as well so then it's like actually how many weeks in the year do you have where you're not battling "Mm, one good day a year maybe (laughs) (laughs) where i'm like really on form do you know what i mean though yeah it it, it's it's tough out there it's it's rough (laughs) it's rough but yeah so we want to talk about it because if anyone deals with this or goes through it or anything just know that you're not alone we all do it we all struggle with it and maybe we should all talk about so we're gonna play an equestrian this or that oh okay okay go on then hit me competition or training training (laughs) i literally i actually after this last week i actually can't do it 
I gen thing is before we left, I was actually standing there in my little whitey jumpers. <laughs> Your tighty whiteys. <laughs> I'd packed my stock and my little white gloves and I was like, Why are we doing this? <laughs> Don't you think the competition what? outfit's so funny as well? Oh, it's dreadful. <laughs> Do you know, one of my ex boyfriends once I had um a red collar on my tailcoat, you know, which you get if you're on the British teams, <laughs> which is like such an amazing achievement. And he turned around and said it looked like a clown's outfit. <laughs> and I was literally like, oh my God, you're not wrong. It does. I look like an idiot. So I posted a picture yesterday of me and my sash that my mum took of me. Right. And it keeps coming up on my page for some reason. It's like a jump scare. <laughs> and I keep looking at it through the lens of a non-horsey person. Oh, yeah, scary thing to do. And I'm like, it looks like a Les Mis, like, with oh, the stock, no. with, like, the cuffs. I think it's the stock situation. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, in what other context can you, you know, except when you're getting married, wear a tailcoat? <laughs> oh. But, yeah, I think, I think I prefer training, but I do actually really love competing. Do you? I, the only thing I find stressful about competing is remembering everything and leaving on time. As soon as I'm on, I really enjoy it. Okay. See, I don't like competing. I like winning. And those are two very different things. And <laughs> At Wellington, <laughs> by the loose, I bumped into you. <laughs> Before you my like... does, you, you, I was just like, I don't want to be here. I want to go home. <laughs> even like got on yet. someone actually walked past behind you and was really like staring at me and I was like I want to go home I don't want to do it oh. <laughs> okay long mane or short mane how short is short though and what, how long is long like long mane like like longer than the neck yeah mm, it, it it depends on the breed like if it's a warm blood no but if it's an Iberian horse yes how do you feel about pulled manes I don't like pulling manes. I think it's a bit mean. Why do you think that it is that dressage riders have the manes longer than the event riders do? I have no idea. Event riders, horses, their manes literally like nearly like stick out because they're they're so so short. Because they literally pull the living daylights out of them. Yeah, I don't like that. I think pulling's a bit mean, but also I don't like a long mane, but I don't like a really short mane. I sort of like a mid length, (laughs) a shoulder length. (laughs) Little bob number. (laughs) It's when you cut their manes and you literally do it like dead ruler straight. (laughs) And you're like, I'm really sorry (laughs) that you have to look like this now. Long socks or short socks? Ooh. Okay, I used to be very firmly in just a short sock category but recently i've been really liking the machara long socks that are like tights on the top yeah for me i feel like it depends on what i'm wearing if i'm wearing like mucka boots i prefer long socks because i think they look better with long socks on if it's the summer and i'm wearing trainers i prefer like an ankle sock yeah because i don't want any more layers on my legs in the summer because it's too hot yeah but also i don't want like bare ankles showing no i mean like above the ankle yeah so yeah. like shin height not knee height no okay brown tack or black tack okay so this is a little bit like controversial <laughs> <laughs> i have a black saddle and a brown bridle on zimba yeah, that sort of makes me twitch. Does it actually? Yeah. Does it? See, I don't I don't mind. 
but only because it's like very dark brown and it's a very old bridal so you can't really tell like when he's going around you can only really tell when it's in the tack room i think i prefer black because i think it's safer like just to get black but right. i think brown can look absolutely beautiful a brown jump saddle is oh, stunning like the what was it devuku how do you pronounce that devuku devuku <laughs> what did you just say <laughs> devuku <laughs> I don't know. It's not Sudoku. Sudoku. <laughs> yeah. With, those... the, with like the different colour stitching. Do you know, if you watch a big show jumping competition, look out for a black saddle because I bet you probably won't see one. That's a valid point, actually. I think brown tack for show jumping with like different coloured stitching is really cool. It's really, really smart. Yeah. But I think with like dressage, I think black's just like a safer bet. Yeah, although I have seen some horses that are in brown tack and they look really smart in it. Oh yeah, it can look stunning. Yeah, it can do. But I think I would always go for black because if I wanted to put the saddle on a different horse and they had a black, yeah. they're more likely going to have a black bridle. It's like a I think, option. Um, yeah, like practicality wise, like keeping them clean as well is a lot easier. Okay, leggings or breeches? Leggings. Yeah, every day. Why of the do week. people put themselves through breeches? They're so uncomfortable. They're really uncomfortable. And also, like, having horses is so hard. Imagine having to, like, do your belt up or, like, do a buckle <laughs> up and a zip every time you rode. Actually, linking back to what we just spoke about with female health, I find as well, breeches actually give me a tummy ache. Oh, my God, Because yes. the pressure around your tummy, so if you're bloated, like, having a belt on, and the fact that it's almost... It's just tighter material, breeches. It is. It's so uncomfortable. It gives me such a bad tummy When, age. back in 2019, I fell off a horse and I broke my back, where I actually did the break was exactly where the belt loop was of my favourite pair of joppers. Since then, I literally cannot wear them because for a long time, the pressure on my back in that area it was like, don't touch it. So I could not wear anything that was tight. So then I started going towards riding leggings and I was like why have I put myself through this for so many years <laughs> you know like I can't do it anymore I prefer riding leggings but I think we've spoken about this in the past I'm quite particular about them and they have to be full seat sticky no slippering around on the saddle not a slippery sucker okay next question <laughs> this is a bit of a rogue one no stirrups or bareback <laughs> <laughs> I would literally die that would be a slippery old sucker wouldn't it R.I.P. me if I went bareback. No stirrups. Well, I mean, safety conscious wise, we'd have to go no stirrups. If you had a horse that you can safely ride bareback, then bareback. Yeah, bareback. Because it's fun. God, I haven't ridden a horse bareback for years. Oh, should we do it tomorrow? The last time I did it was on the first horse that I ever had. And, well, the only horse I had before Terry. It used to be my mum's. I think I've spoken about her before. And I jumped her bareback as well, actually. Mm. But she was a thoroughbred. Ooh, <laughs> it's like sitting on a broomstick. I last time I rode bareback was on one of the stallions that we have on the yard. Oh yeah, and I, I had that. Fairfax and Favor boots on, and I was cantering him across our yard. <laughs> and our yard has got like a little green in the middle, and I would walk him on like the concrete and then turn and canter for like three strides. Oh my good lord, that was uncomfortable. Okay, next question. This I'm enjoying is the this. last one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> said I'm enjoying this. Riding alone or riding with friends? <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say. It depends on the mood and it depends on what you're doing. Because if I'm having a lesson, it's impossible for me and Evie to have a lesson in the arena at the same time. <laughs> partly because my sister teaches Evie and my mum teaches me. So... 
they're both sitting in the teaching hut trying to <laughs> teach both of us so like it doesn't work but then if we're riding and we're just like you know having a jolly and no one's giving us a lesson then it's quite fun to have someone else in the arena because you can like bounce off each other i think if you're and, like, hacking as well and... if you're hacking you have to do it with oh, someone else yeah, gosh, hacking is on so boring on your own isn't it i also find if i'm on my own hacking like the gentle walking rocking motion just sends me to sleep and i'm literally there like mm-hmm, like completely zoned out not aware of my surroundings whatsoever i find hacking very tiring yeah which yeah. is so stupid i think it's because like there's no well i mean you don't want adrenaline rushes while you're hacking <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you get sometimes you don't also today i was i forgot to tell you this i was walking over to the fields with a big bag of hay over my shoulder and <laughs> a workman stopped me on the road in his car and asked me if i was okay if i and if i needed a lift <laughs> i was literally like Oh my god, I must look like I'm I must look homeless and like really in need of help. And I thought I really am in need of help right now. I'm literally exhausted. But also it was so funny. He was like this really like round, smiley, like middle-aged man. He was like, Are you okay? And he, he also drove up from behind. So he didn't even like know. I mean, literally like a massive bag of hay on my back, massive floor length coat. That that and was a hat. Like your clothes. Also, I've literally <laughs> I was like covered in mud as well. He wouldn't have known like what gender I was or anything. And he just, he was, re- he was really say? concerned. I was like, oh no, I'm okay. I'm just going in that field. <laughs> Is that what you said? Yeah, so I'm going I'm, up. I'm going in that field. Maybe you thought that's where I was going to go and live or something. Oh, I literally, it really made me just go, oh my God, how things have gotten bad if strangers on the road are asking if I need to Alrighty then, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of That Slim. I hope it's been okay. We've both been quite tired. And also the the subject that we spoke about regarding female health was quite a heavy one. I feel like we're both a little bit apprehensive about how to broach it. So I hope that we did it in an okay manner. Yeah, and just know that our DMs are always open if you ever want to talk about anything. Yeah. So we hope you have a good week. We hope we have a good week. And we will see you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye.